Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. In this illustration, he says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So what the Bible's declaring, what Paul's saying is there's something that is intrinsically unhealthy, going to be somewhat maybe damaging to us by being connected that way. Now, that can be not only in our boyfriend, girlfriends, our marriage and family things that we're pursuing, that may be our business endeavors. To yoke is to become very connected to someone when you yoke that way. And there's a real danger in being unequally yoked. And that's what we just want to break this down and look at this in the eyes of the scripture today so that we can see, because sometimes we take this stuff and just say, you know, well, I, I just don't get it. I don't see what the big deal is because we just want to do what we want to do. Now, I can't help you. If you want to go out and do what you want to do, you can go out and do what you want to do. All I can share with you is the practicality of this simple truth. Don't be unequally yoked because it can bring a lot of grief and a lot of heartache and a lot of serious, serious difficulty in your life. It is a truth. There's no way to escape it. I understand that people can find this offensive, but it is just simple Bible truth that we need to grab a hold of because, man, you can save yourself and spare yourself a whole lot of grievous nightmares in your life if you embrace this simple truth. Do not be unequally yoked to, with unbelievers. One of the first things I would notice is because we are different. That's one of the main things. We're different. When we've come as a Christian, as you and I have come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, we have been born again, and now we are different. We see things differently. Now, I'm not saying that you and I don't interact with or work with people that are non-believers. I understand. Paul said, well, what do you think I'm talking about? You have to leave the planet to not interact with non-believers. So he's not talking about that. He's already set that score straight. He's not talking about that. He's talking about being linked up, yoked with, directly connected to in a more intimate way that is going to either be working together or working opposite. That's part of the issue. We have been born again as Christians. We, a believer has a completely different perspective. First Peter, Peter gives us some great insight into this. In verse 22 of, uh, of the first chapter, he says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now, we get into the crux of this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed. Okay, you and I, in these tents, this is corruptible seed, right? This, this is going to perish. This body is, trust me, it's grinding to a slow, tedious halt, ultimately. Now, I didn't think that not too many years ago, but I'm becoming a little more aware of that likelihood. It's just this, this is corruptible, 
right? But it says, you've been born again, again, you've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. How? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's how you and I got born again. We got born again of the incorruptible seed, the truth of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We heard the truth. The truth penetrated our hearts. We received it into our lives. That's the seed, the beginning of what God's wanting to do in our lives. We've been born again now of this incorruptible, something that will not destroy. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever and ever and ever and ever. Now, this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. That's what happened to us. We, we heard that word, that good news from God's word, and we responded to that. And we've now got a new nature. We are different. Not of the corruptible, but the incorruptible now lives within us as believers. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. First, right off the shoot, is you guys, we have a different, entirely different perspective on life. Well, it's just a business arrangement, really. But what happens when the business arrangement goes off into an odd, maybe bizarre form of tax sheltering? It's not really quite legal, but you know. Now, if you're a fervent believer and you're wanting to walk with the Lord, all of a sudden there's a deep sense of conv conviction in your heart. and You say, no, no, no. I would rather pay the taxes and just sleep well at night and do business right than get caught up in something that's not right. Now there's this unequally yoked because you've gotten involved in this business thing, and it's a completely different perspective. Their God is something different than your God. Their master passion is different than your master passion. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You can start to see there's a different perspective, a different way of viewing things. Right at the very core, we became born again of the incorruptible. We don't see things the same way. We just read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, just recently. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the same old creation he's always been. All things are just the way they were. It doesn't read that way. If anyone's born in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So it's a new perspective. As believers, we're looking at things from a God perspective. And you and I cannot force a non-believer to look at things from a God perspective. They're not going to embrace it. It's spiritually discerned. It's not going to make sense. And so now when you connect with that, you're going to see totally different perspectives. Well, I want the kids, we say, I'm going to, you know, I'm just missionary dating. I'm just trying to connect up with these people. And then I'm not. I'm married, been married 31 years. I am not missionary dating. I am giving this as an illustration. If people say this to me, you know, kind of thing. They don't use that term. I use that term. They use the terms. well, I'm just trying to win them over the Lord, show them the love of God. So you're the only one that can show them the love of God, and the only way you can show them is sucking face in the back of the car or whatever, right? That's the only way you can show them the love of God. I did wasn't come off the truck yesterday. I get it. I know what's going on. The point is, is that really the truth? No, that's not the truth. The hormones are raging, we're going out of control, and we're going different directions. That's the truth. 
Just cut the chase, man. Don't, don't lie to yourself. God knows the truth anyway. You're deceiving you. Parents, don't be deceived about what your young people are up to. Don't be deceived about that. It's either for God or it's not for God. It's not confusing. God is direct. God is clear. God is loving. This is why when we break all the way through this, you're going to see how God is loving about these things. He does it because he loves you and he loves me. God's got a purpose and a plan. Don't be condemned by this. Be transformed. Don't be condemned. Let God transform and change your life. That's really what it's about. Man, we have been, we're changed. Let's read a little bit further about this change. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion is there? What unity? What fellowship? What camaraderie is there with light and darkness? We said it's mutually exclusive. What accord has Christ with Baal? Or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? Basically, the answer simply stated is there is none. There's no connection. The only connection there is is the one you try and create in your own mind, in your own heart. That's the only connection there. There is no true connection. I've had things where I had engaged thinking someone was somewhere where they weren't. I was engaged in some transactions, and I bowed out of them. Cut me whatever is due me now, and I'm done. I thought you guys were flying right. You're not. I'm not going to run with you. It's horrible. I lost some money. The people I was involved with were upset with me. I just thought, that's too bad. You guys do whatever you want. I'm not running with this. I'm not going to do this. It, it, and it's, you know, the, the, everybody were great people and everything. I just realized, well, this isn't, I, it was clear. Sometimes it's costly in the sense of sometimes it's difficult for us. The best thing is don't get involved with it to begin with, and then you, it doesn't happen. But I've made the mistake of getting involved in some things and then have to undo them, and it's, it's, it's horrible. But the first thing that you'll note is that there's a different perspective. They're not going to see things. Look at parents. Parents. Boyfriend, girlfriend, serious about maybe getting married to a non-believer understand this, that if you do so, there will come many times throughout that time that there will be great conflict of vantage point in training that child, in developing what's really important in that child's life, to the extent of even where they go and what they do, you might become at tremendous odds as far as the whole perspective of raising the family. It would be a horrible, difficult thing. I tell you, being married and having children is difficult enough without throwing that in the mix. And you do it to yourself. You've got no one to blame. God's word warns us. And you know what? You're going to have to live with it. It's very difficult. Very difficult. It's difficult when you're on the same page, isn't it, brothers and sisters? Those of you who are raising young people, it's difficult being on the same page much less if you've got two different perspectives. I mean, it can be very clashing, to say the least. Let's move on. The next thing we find, verse 16, is really, how does this affect other people around me? That decision to link up and do something that God's saying don't do, how does that affect other people around me? Maybe others in the body. And what agreement is the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, collectively and individually. Collectively, 
And as individuals, you and I are the temple of the living God. We are a part of one another. We are the body of Christ and part of the body of Christ at large. One of the things that you'll find is Joshua 7, verse 24 and 25, you'll find what happened with Achan. When Achan was with the people of God, and he's one of the people of God, he goes out and he ends up taking some of the garments and some of the things. He took some of the spoils when they were told, absolutely do not take any of the spoils from Jericho. Just let it all go. Let it all be destroyed. Took some of those spoils, gathered them, kind of buried them under his tent. But you know what? It wasn't just, guys, gals, it wasn't just Achan that got hit on this. Achan's whole family and all that he had was taken out and they, all the people of Israel stoned him. Everybody suffered. The Bible also says in Romans, it was very clear that if one part of the body is exalted, all are exalted. And if one part suffers, they all suffer. You see, what you and I do affects others around us. We're bringing other people into it. It does have ramifications. It's real. We saw what happened with Aiken's family. They're all wiped out because of it. Man, what we decide today can affect us tomorrow. We want to be wise. We want to trust the Lord and ask God to help us. God's word also gives us some indications as to this. If you'll turn with me, to Deuteronomy 22. Because God really commanded that we not mix things up. Some of you who traveled through Deuteronomy with us will remember this little portion in chapter 22. But how important it is in 22 verse 9, how important it is that we not mix things together. There's things that don't mix. They, they don't go well together. And listen to this. You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. It's all mixed up. You know, you're squishing your red grapes and your white grapes together, you know. It's just a mixed up mess. It's, it's a hodgepodge. You shall not plow. I like this one. I actually like it in the original King James better than I like it in this because it's more clear application. But you'll see as we read this. Verse uh, 10, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You yoke, oh, but they're just a strong, they've got good character, they're strong, they've got a lot of fortitude. They're great people. This is a great person. I'm going to yoke up with them. They're an ox. And what does that make you? Exactly. You got it. In the original King James, it really reads good that way. I know not all of you share my sense of humor. It's okay. But the truth is there. It's the concept, isn't it? They don't, what is the idea? They don't match up, right? The one does they don't plow, they don't work well together. One just, they're different heights. They just don't, it doesn't match up right. You see, God is saying that to us as believers. Don't yoke up with non-believers in business. Don't yoke up in your relationships of any form of intimacy. Don't yoke up that way because there's not going to be any kind of a 
really perspective that matches up, the decisions that you're making are gonna affect them and also gonna affect others, affect your family and others. I dare say we could talk to many of the people in our congregation, even of our size, and you'll find there are many people that would say, oh yeah, I've done some business transactions and I, I made some mistakes that way, or no, I had some relationships where I, I got caught up in something I ought not to have, or well, the list might go on and the ramifications of that and why it's so dangerous. But God's word tells us not to mix this way. You should not wear a garment of different sorts, such as wool and linen mixed together. Why? Because one is kind of a, a cooling thing and one is a, a warmth thing. They, do, they don't mix together. One causes you to sweat and one just kind of helps to relieve the perspiration. You know, they, they don't match. It doesn't fit. Bad idea to mix these things up. You shall make tassels on your four corners of your clothing, which covers yourself. So this idea of mixing things, this lukewarm concept, it's a, it doesn't work. Jesus said, be hot or be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Get on or get off. Be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. And he uses a strong term. It's a term for, for vomit. You know, just to, he just spews you. Too much of the world in us to enjoy the Lord. That's lukewarm. Too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. And too much of the Lord to enjoy the world. Been there. Been there. Been a part of that. It was horrible in my much younger years because I knew the truth, was not walking in the truth, and man, I was definitely messed up. I had too much of the world to enjoy anything of God and I had way too much of the Lord to enjoy anything of the world. Didn't fit. They don't mix. They don't fit together. One mutually excludes the other. The light switch goes on, darkness dispels. They, one's mutually exclusive of the other. This last part, last part. Verse uh, 17. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. In Matthew 6, 18, the first mention of the church shows up by Jesus when he's talking with the, the guys there in Caesarea Philippi. And he tells them, as Peter has said, when after the question of who do men say that I am, and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, upon this rock, I will build that statement, that profession. I will build my church. We are part of his church. We belong to him. It's his church. We belong to Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. And that word church there is a specific word that is talking about people that are collectively pulled out of all sectors of the world and society. Religions, backdrops, everything. They come out, but they're now separate because they function as the church, no longer a part of these other external things, but are the church, the body of Christ. Great truth to know. A people called out from among many people. A new and separate group was formed called the church. And that's what we're a part of. That's what we belong to. 
it is our Father's desire for us to be away in that sense, to not be running in the same crowd of thought as we once did, to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's, that's dad's desire. We, again, have been given this new nature, right? We're a new creation in Christ. We're new people now. We're walking with the Lord. It's not that we're going to be perfect and we always say and do the right things, but what's our heart's intent? Is it my desire to be close with the Lord and to do the things that would please him? Then, man, listen to what he says. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It's going to cause grief. It's going to be troublesome. It's better to cease that before it goes any further. Basically, our Father wants to bless us, and it is His desire to do good toward us. That's the desire of every good dad, is just the desire to bless the, the, his family, his kids. He wants to do things with them and I used to come home, and I remember with three boys, you can imagine the kind of craziness that used to ensue at times. And uh, I'd come home, and all kinds of things have been going on. And, and I just tell them, gosh, guys, you know, I come home. I, I want to just have fun. I, I like to have a good time with my kids. I like to just do stuff with them and hang out with them. And, and I tell them, man, look, it, it's up to you guys when I come home what kind of an evening we're going to have. If you guys are goofballs and doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, then it's going to be a bummer of an evening because now i got to bust you and deal with all this stuff. Or you can just try to fly right a little bit, and then I can come home, we can have some fun and do some good stuff. You know, you choose. Sometimes we choose that. This is kind of what God's saying is, gosh, guys, I want to bless. I want to do good things for you. But you've got to come out. You've got to make that choice to not flow in that same flood that we once ran in. I know, brothers and sisters, I know these things are difficult to palate sometimes, difficult to work through. It's worth contemplating those areas and to think through. Man, we've been given this new nature. We're not the same as we used to be. God's word clearly tells us not to mix certain things up. They don't fit. We're not going to be yoked right. And you know what? It also hurts and damages the other animal when it's not correctly yoked and connected together properly. We want that yoke that's designed just for us, just for you between you and the Lord. That's the yoke we want to take upon us. Because, man, we've got a, a Savior, a God who loves us with a perfect love and has designed it just to fit you, just to fit me, for His purposes and His care. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening again today, and we're just so thankful for those of you who tune in and, and uh, are getting something out of these messages from God's Word. And sometimes God really begins to tug on our hearts, and He kind of calls us out for a response. And sometimes we want to go and work at something and, and kind of earn our way into things. But, you know, with God, it's just not that way. His Word says, for by grace, that's unmerited love and favor that's been shown to you. That's what that word grace means. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants you to walk in those good works that he's prepared for your life. He wants you to be a living testament of his goodness and his grace. And he doesn't want you to have to work at or earn salvation, but salvation is a free gift. It's by faith that you can have this everlasting life. Simple prayer of faith. Jesus, I want to ask that you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want this free gift of everlasting life. I want to be forgiven. I'm tired of carrying this weight of sin and shame. And I want to ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for that grace that you have shown me. I receive you now into my heart and ask, Lord, that as I walk this life, that you would walk with me and that I would walk in your ways and in the good works, those things that you prepared for me to walk in, that it might glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.